0: Hello and welcome to the DeFi Daily, a 10-minute or less DeFi and crypto update. I'm Amy, here with Pat, and today is Monday, October 18th, 2021.
1: Well, since we last spoke, you, me, and my friends, uh, boy, oh boy, are the markets just going nuts. Uh, Bitcoin, $62,453.51, up 0.15%, but we are sitting pretty at a almost $2.5 trillion market cap. The reason I like to talk about the market caps is that I tend to think about crypto uh, as a, I tend to think about the crypto market cap as comparable to gold. So right now, if you look at all the gold that exists times the price of gold, yeah, the gold, the like the overall gold market cap is like six trillion. So we are still not we, you know, the royal we of all of us are are still not yet to the point of where gold is. And we should be getting there pretty soon. Like we should, we should have get there. Uh, other things that are on the market, Ethereum's up, way up from last week, 38,000, bumping on, knocking on, knocking on 4,000, BNB up 493, uh, up to 493, up 4.5%. Cardano off just a bit to $2.13, Ripple uh, up a bit to $1.10, Solana is up $10 from last week, uh, but off a point and a half today to $158, good, good stuff all around. And Doge, Doge is still at a quarter. I don't even know why I still talk about Doge, but whatever. Doge <laughs> is still at a quarter. I, just, I don't even know what to say. Whatever.
0: <laughs> All right. So we're sponsored again this week by Money 2020 Conference. Money
1: 2020 2020.
0: It's happening in Las Vegas next week, October 24th through the 27th, and we will be recording live from the conference. So if you want to attend as well, there's still discounted tickets available. Use code DEF200.
1: DEF200. All right. Word.
0: So, Pat, up first, are you happy? We're above sixty k. I
1: am happy. I am happy. Uh, so, I, I went and looked after we all spoke last time. I did. <laughs> I did go and look to see what the all time high had been, and it was it was uh, sixty four to sixty five k. So, right at the the top part of sixty four thousand was the actual all time high. So, we are we are bumping on the all time high. It is super exciting. Uh, our our next story will will. I mean, I, I, I would say that there's absolutely no chance that we don't see a all-time high uh, a breakthrough this week. I, I don't think there's any chance we don't see that. So, yeah, this is super exciting. All right. Yeah, it's just so much fun to be on this Fourth journey.
0: quarter. Here we go.
1: That's right. The roller coaster quarter. All
0: right.
1: Ready to get into it.
0: So the SEC has given uh, its go-ahead for Bitcoin future ETFs. So ProShares is set to start trading on the New York Stock Exchange tomorrow, and also Valkyrie is um, people think will launch sometime this week.
1: Yep, this is the the big news here. This is the this is the big boy. This is what we are all waiting for. My God, uh, have we been sitting around a long time now? It's so interesting. Um, it's so interesting and so obnoxious that what ultimately got got approved is a futures ETF. Um, the re- so the reason that the SEC had given for so long as to why they they hadn't done the uh, the ETF was that there was not a good enough. So the way the way ETFs work is at the end of the day, you essentially have to go and purchase the assets to true your ETF up with reality. So whatever so the you know an ETF is essentially a, tra- a tracking stock for an underlying asset so if you're so you you essentially have to make good on your tracking aspect by buying or selling uh, assets to line up your ETF with the actual underlying price that you're that you are you're trading for on the markets. So this the the issue when you had Bitcoin was that the SEC looking at the Bitcoin markets did not think there was a sufficiently regulated and trustworthy exchange to do that true up at the end of clo- at the end of close so they did not think there was actually a, a regulated enough exchange to go and buy the Bitcoin or sell the Bitcoin that they that they could trust and they they make some you know they basically have a list of contingencies with they, they have a long list of things that they go into that including how much wash trading is happening in the market how much you know how much the market is kyc AML so like they would that with the SEC I mean, let's give them the benefit of the doubt. <laughs> it's not my my default posture, but let's do it anyways. The The SEC's interest in all this was to make sure that we were essentially not funding terrorism through these ETFs. Because there is, I mean, if you if the price moves in the ETF, there is a lot of money that they have to spend to buy or, or sell Bitcoin. And they didn't want to be in a situation where they're doing it on like Binance. Yeah, they're going out to a shady exchange with no home, to to buy bitcoin, you know, potentially hitting liquidity, liquidity snags and things like that. So, they had to really wait until there was a market that was defensible, quote unquote, um, from that perspective. So, so that's why they ended up with the futures ones is that the the you know, the Chicago Mercantile picked up Bitcoin futures. And then um, so the, the Chicago Mercantile picked up Bitcoin futures, which then led them to be able to have a, a more su- you know, a more sustaining market to actually build these around. So so anyways, that's that's the long short of it. Um you know, what happened when the CME first launched futures? Well, so I think like, you know, Pat Price prediction, this should be phenomenally good for it. Like what we see tomorrow is every single person who has an IRA buying this and it just goes nuts. And then essentially overnight overnight we uh <laughs> overnight we we essentially see the the prices go go crazy um what happened in uh, when the CME actually launched it was slightly differently was that the uh it actually went the other way so a lot of people in traditional finance who did not believe in bitcoin shorted the crap out of bitcoin the second the futures market opened <laughs> So, so do with that information, what you will, uh, it is, it, you know, I think this is generally good for the market, but, but who knows? So anyways, but it is a very exciting day. I mean, and there's no doubt that those two are correlated. Like there's absolutely no doubt in my mind that, that the, uh, the run up to, to an all time high is very deeply correlated with, uh, the, um, the, the ETF launching.
0: Yep. All right. So next DraftKings and NFTs. So DraftKings has teamed up with Autograph to launch its first collection of NFTs featuring some of the sports world Biggest icons. Um, each will have a certain number of premiere and signature NFTs. Pat, what do you think?
1: I think it's you know I think it's cool. Um, I uh, I wouldn't say I'm all on the NFT bandwagon, but I I do get it. I get I get the idea of collecting these and like showing them as part of your your metaverse uh, <laughs> uh, experience. So I no I do I do like them. I think it's pretty cool. Um, Draft Kings. I was surprised. Like I I didn't think of them as being. I did not think of them as getting into it but you know at the, at the end of the day like NFTs are just this thing that you own on your phone and so if you can tie it to your if you can tie it to cuz you know basically NFTs have power when you can display them somewhere right like that's an NFT in a, if, if an NFT falls in a forest and no one hears it, like it doesn't matter. Like this goes for all these, is that like NFTs have power when you can display it. So whether it goes into your Twitter profile or like now with this, with DraftKings, it'll go into your DraftKings profile. So When you're doing heads up games or the fantasy leagues or whatever it is, you will be able to go in and you will show your NFTs that you own. And that's, that's like, it's flexing. So this, it makes a ton of sense to me on this. You know, I actually learned recently today, um, I was reading an article, someone did like a deep analysis of, of all people, playboy. Because Playboy is launching a OnlyFans competitor, and uh, they did they did like a deep financial analysis of it. Uh, all that's neither here nor there. I learned today that Playboy actually sold a NFT of one of their early covers for like two hundred fifty thousand dollars. Wow! Yeah, I had no idea. So everyone's getting in. All this, all this in industries are all getting together to just have a party here. <laughs>
0: An NFT party. NFT right. party. So um, next, BitFury is rumored to be IPOing.
1: Yeah, good for them. I mean, they've raised it. They've raised a lot of money. They're a big company. They they're looking at you know billions and billions of dollars. Uh, they have, I mean, they have subsidiaries that are worth billions of dollars. You know, BitFury I think is best known for for producing the ASIC chips for mining. Although they have mining subsidiaries and they have you know, all forms of services around crypto. So this is pretty exciting. I mean, it's just more. Everyone wants to see more and more of these companies. Um, Uh, IPO, this is a, so Bitfury is a, uh, headquartered in the Netherlands, but, uh, registered out of the UK. So I don't know. I actually did. I I should have done more research before this. I, I don't think there's a ton of UK companies, um, that have actually gone IPO that are crypto. Now UK, the UK has very, very friendly laws towards sin industry. So like a ton of betting companies are legal in the UK, a ton of like, there's, there's a laundry list of companies that are legal that are, are, are. Uh, public in the UK that would have had trouble at different times uh, going public in the US. So so it makes sense for crypto companies to be going out there.
0: All right. Well, I think that'll do it for today. Thank you, as always, for listening to the DeFi Daily.
1: Awesome. Uh, Have a good one.